He's got a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast with your host, Steve Price. Joseph Rojas is a husband, father, Spring Hillian, and the lead singer of the popular Christian rock band, Seventh Day Slumber. He opens up about his troubled past from drug and alcohol addiction and his transformative encounter in the back of an ambulance after he tried to take his own life. Also hear what he and his band are up to now, their new music, their new tour, and much more. Giddy up, let's do this thing. Buckle up Spring Hill Metroplex and enjoy the ride. I'm Craig Midget, and this is Price's Highway, the podcast. Well, hello everybody, it's me, Steve Price, your host, along with Craig Midget. Craig, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you this evening? Doing great, doing great. Hey, we're at a Grecian family restaurant and bakery. As usual. As usual. Thank you so much, Frank and Sasa, for having us. And it's kind of a stormy night. It is a stormy night. Frank and Sasa do so much for the community here. Uh, it's a great restaurant. Craig, why don't you tell us what's going on here? Yeah, uh, Frank was, Frank's busy. Frank spends his day here. <laughs> yes, he is. His, his life here at the, uh, at the restaurant. Uh, so he wasn't able to, to hang out and, and join us and, and chat with us. But out of, of appreciation for Frank, uh, he, did, he did tell us some, some things that are coming up that we're going to share with you all. Uh, and, of course, they're open every day of the week from 7 to 9. Tuesdays they do trivia. Wednesdays the kids eat free. Stay tuned for Mother's Day, too, because Mother's Day they have some things planned. Uh, there's going to be a special menu Every mother gets uh, to go home with some Greek chocolates. I know my wife will want me to bring her here for that. Um, and every, every dinner meal that's ordered, too, gets a free mimosa. So, oh. mother's, so mother's Day, mother's Day is, is going to be special here. And then also coming up on May 19th, one of their charity events that they're doing here, uh, which they do many of these, um, several a month. Uh, but Alzheimer's Tennessee is having an event here that day. And so... Uh, percentage of all proceeds from across the restaurant. I learned this tonight. It's not just dinner, it's not, or it's not just lunch and dinner, but it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, bakery, to-go meals, like the full, uh, full revenue of the day, no matter where it came from, uh, a percentage goes to, to that charity. So we really hope that you'll uh, uh, come out and, and support Greece in, in, in those charitable endeavors that they that they do so frequently all right and fellow texan joseph rojas joins us here yeah that's joe right. Rowe. that's right how are you doing good man thanks for having me on the show oh, thanks for being here it's great to have you talk about texas oh man it's big <laughs> and the stars at night are big and bright and the roses are yellow yeah especially deep in the heart of texas <laughs> that's right <laughs> No, I, I, uh, I was raised in Texas. I love Texas. Um, I've been in Spring Hill 20 years now, but I was raised in Texas, and um, I still go back to Texas quite a bit. Got family still out there. And so, yeah, proud to say I'm from Texas, but, you know, I'm, I, lo- I love Tennessee. I love me some Tennessee. And yeah, we get the same weather, don't we? Oh, gosh. Man, it's, it's going crazy right now as we're doing this podcast. It, you know, changes every five minutes it's a stormy night it really is Grecian. except you have like deserts and tumbleweeds and stuff in texas we Shoot, don't, we don't have that here no but there's some <laughs> there's some pretty desolate land out here in tennessee you know if you if your if your gps ain't working properly you know i said ain't working properly that's right ain't. are you are you are you talking about pulaski well yeah pulaski <laughs> as well <laughs> i broke down in pulaski one time uh 
in our bus and we couldn't get anybody to come out and, and fix it, man. It was, we, were, we were stuck in Pulaski, man. That's the name yeah. of a song right there, Stuck, yeah, in, stuck Pulaski. in Pulaski. Heck that yeah. is the name of a song. Write that down. Yeah, so let's do it. it. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, I, I love being here in Tennessee, though, man. Spring Hill is beautiful. You know, well, tonight it is very, very stormy, and, you know, it, but it's a cool vibe. I like it, man. Yeah. It's good for the podcast right now, man. Absolutely. We're, Looking through these windows and seeing all I'm, now people I'm describing to the people that are listening. Talk about that cow flying through. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't hit here. It hit at Asuka, so we're good. We're good here at Grecian. Yeah. So from Texas, what? How'd you land in Spring Hill? And you said 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just what, over 20 years. That nearly makes you a native. Spring I think Hillian. so. Yeah. I wonder if anybody from Spring Hill that was born and raised out here is i wonder how many what the percentage is of those folks that still live here but when i moved here 20 years ago a, a lot of people were actually from spring hill that you know this Back then. was yeah there was um early's was still here and and you know the they were auctioning cattle and uh, there was nothing open past nine well we're back to that again i guess now <laughs> um, right. but no it, it's crazy like um i my wife and i said we would never move to tennessee we i was in the band and we lived in dallas and we came up the year before we moved here so like i said i've been here 20 years the year before we moved here um we came for the dove awards was this GMA week, they call it Gospel Music Awards week, right? So I was coming up, not because I was uh, like nominated for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I came up because I, I wanted to give, uh, you know, give my, um, my music to somebody and his, somebody important, hopefully, you know, and so that's why a lot of people come to Nashville. Yeah. So I came and I was out meeting people, shaking hands with folks, and our band wasn't like a huge band, or we weren't really known. We were known regionally in Texas, like Dallas area. Was the band Seventh Day Slumber at that yeah, time? Yeah, okay. it was Seventh Day Slumber. But um, but it was crazy because that night, um, it it was I don't know where we stayed at it in in the Nashville area, but it was an industrial area, and since we didn't know the Nashville area, we thought that was what Nashville was. The only thing open was Waffle House. And we were like, man, this place, this, you know, this place sucks. You know, that's what we thought. And, and so we said, we'll never move to Nashville. And my wife and I both. And so we went back to Texas and we're like, oh, you know, good to be back in Dallas. And then um, about well, a year y'all later. Went, y'all went back 40, right? Interstate 40, yeah. not 65. Yeah. If you would have gone down 65, you would have seen a whole different part of Nashville. Yeah. No, right. Yeah, we, um, it was, it was just like, we thought there was nothing here except for in downtown. And, and, but we went back and we were back in Dallas and we were like, man, um, that was pretty cool though. The GMAs, the Dove Award week, that was pretty cool and stuff, but we were not going to move here. And then, um, I just felt like. A, a, a year later, like, man, we need to get out of Dallas. Nothing's happening here. The band's playing local shows and some regional shows. But, and we came, uh, my wife found an apartment in Antioch online, and it was a first month's free type deal. And 
we're like, oh, that's they look pretty nice, you know. And so we didn't have any money, um, so it looked great. It even looked better to us at that point. So we can't. We she bought. She put the stuff down online, um, the credit, whatever. We passed it, but we didn't need to put any money. So we got a U-Haul. We came up this way, and we had like after getting all of our stuff paid for, like the U-Haul and and that kind of stuff, we had like a couple hundred bucks in our account. <laughs> and here we are in Nashville. I didn't have a job, nothing. Two days later, I got a, a job. I was doing stages and stuff like that. So that's how we ended up getting to getting to the like the Nashville area. But then we ended up moving to Spring Hill a year later. I told my wife when we got here to Antioch or to Nashville area, I said, in a year, honey, I'm going to buy you your own home. And I meant it. I, I did not realize how naive I was that people come from all over the world to make it in music. And I just came like, I'm going to do this. And in a year, I'll buy you your own home. And I'm glad I was that naive because I would have been scared to death if I would have known the actual truth of how this town works. <laughs> but yeah, a year to almost a year to the day, I bought her a home out in Spring Hill and been here 20 years. Wow. It's a long time. It is. For Roger the, for, for this area. actually gave me my loan. The quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, he, he owned, like in Richport subdivision, he actually was the, fin- he, that, he started that. He was the finance dude there. And I was a musician who couldn't prove my income. And Roger Starbuck is the one that like co-signed for me. Not co-signed, but yeah, I guess he You're co-signed. No. And gave Roger me, Staubach. Yeah. The quarterback. So you have a gosh. signature. It, it was on that paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know me from Adam, but I don't know if it's because they needed, uh, if they need, <laughs> I didn't know if they needed the people to move into those homes, but this house was, had nobody lived in it. It was, it had just been built and then the loan fell through for those people. So I, he, I guess they wanted to get somebody in it. And they, yeah. they gave me the deal and I was like, all right, man, Roger Starback. Let's go. That's, That's hilarious. Awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. I should have got him to sign a jersey. It would probably been worth more than, yeah. you know, sold the home for. <laughs> when did yeah. you find out that you had musical talent? Um, well, I was 12 years old when I got a guitar, and, and I wouldn't say that I had musical talent. And I would say that even right now, right now there's a question on whether I have musical talent. You know, some people would tell you I don't. <laughs> you know, I call them critics or haters. There you go. Um, but they're probably right. You know, because I've been playing since I was 12 years old, and, I've, and, and I'm still trying to figure it out. The, uh, the guitar that I got um, was out of a Sears and Roebuck ca- uh, catalog. Nice. And um, the internet of its day, I guess. You know, it, it was the stuff you couldn't get in the Sears store. Right, And yeah. my mom got 15% off because she was a, uh, she worked in the furniture department at Sears when they used to have a furniture, when they used to have a Sears, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so she got 15% off. We didn't have a lot of money, and she wanted to do that. I was going through a difficult time, like, as a kid at 12, just going, I didn't have a dad growing up, and there was a lot of pain, a lot of stuff that I was dealing with, and wasn't handling it very well. So that was a way for her to, get me to do something to get my mind off of it. So she got that guitar for me and I started playing, you know, and I couldn't afford lessons where she couldn't afford lessons. So I just had to play by ear learning like Metallica cover tunes or whatever. And 
I started kind of picking it up. That's how that started. Well, I, I hear that you guys were quite the country band out in Texas. <laughs> well, we couldn't make any money playing rock music, and we did start a country band. And there is actual footage of me with a cowboy hat on and electric blue Doc Martens that are knee high. And, oh, dude, there is actual footage of that. Some I'm going to have to someday take it from a VHS tape and move it to where we put it online. But um, How but old were you? I just, I just want to see the boots. I was 16, I believe. 16. And tell everybody the name of your band. This we is were, the best We part. were called Young at Heart. Cause we, <laughs> and we thought we had the freshest name on planet Earth. Dude, dude, Young at Heart. Like, we're all young, bro. Like, let's call it Young at Heart. Had no idea that, you know, that's not how that's used. That's <laughs> not at all how that's used. Dude, it was a trip, man. But we were called Young at Heart. And then finally someone had the heart to tell us, like, hey, dude, this is, like, for people that feel young, you know, that are older. And we're like, oh, uh, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> hey, y'all like, should be the old souls or like, something. Like you know? all of us now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, it's crazy because we were, like, defending it. We defended it. <laughs> no, we're young, dude. So we have young hearts. Yeah, Young at heart. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't want to admit that, <laughs> that we were wrong, but that was the name of our band. Playing country shows, playing all over street dances. And then we'd sneak in some Metallica and some ACDC in there. And people would line dance to it. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, in Texas. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in Texas. Okay, so bring us now to where you are with your band. Yeah. Well... Um, we're not doing country anymore. <laughs> uh, no, so being in uh, Seventh Day Slumber and moving here, um, within a year we were signed, and um, and so we put out a record and it did really well, and we continued to put out records, and Seventh Day Slumber became a household name, and uh, at least in the Christian rock world. And uh, then we had a, a release song called Caroline that was on uh, Breaking Bonaducci on uh, VH1. It was a um, Danny Bonaducci yeah, yeah. like rehab show or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. And yes. so, so people, a lot of people heard it, and, and so it ended up getting played on uh, VH1, the video, and uh, we like a, it really launched us, and we uh, ended up signing with uh, another label at the time, um, and so. We uh, stayed doing, I mean, we've been doing this for all this time through Capital Music Group, well, EMI, and which was bought by Capital, which is owned by Universal. Right. Crazy. That owns everything. Yeah, it owns everything. Perfect name for... <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And, and, and to back up briefly, VH1 for our younger viewers. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was a, a cable network... They used to play music videos. Yes. You have to Google what those are. It's, it was like the light version of MTV. So, yes. You know, if, if you were... It was the adult if, contemporary. If you were the adult contemporary, you would go watch VH1. If you were metalhead and liked to rock or pop, you know, the hottest new stuff was on MTV. But they uh, Headbangers Ball. Ball. Headbangers yeah. Ball was but, on there. But Gloria Stefan. Gloria Stefan you would find on VH1. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, they, so the fact that we were on there, the song, and we were a rock band at the time, we were like, dude, this is going to actually be real money. <laughs> Not like there was a lot of MTV bands that weren't making any money. You know what I mean? Even though MTV made a lot of money off yeah. of them. But uh, no, so we, it, it really opened up a lot of doors, and uh, we had some um, just amazing things happen, and we uh, toured all over the world. We, we still tour to this day, do a lot of tours, a lot of touring. 
and a lot of people, um, you know, come and watch us play. I thought that one video that you had playing on a VH1 that was turned into a pop-up video, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a handy tip. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah, some man. factoids about the band. People have no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> and then, like, after nine, it became, like, after hours. Yeah. <laughs> Mariah Carey. Phil Collins injured his elbow on this drum fill. Man. <laughs> That was old Boop. school, man. The and genesis of Genesis was... <laughs> bloop. <laughs> bloop, bloop. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so now you're here and uh, you, you guys are touring. Let me ask you this. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure like you, all these bands, the pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. What did that do to you all? Um, well, it, it was uh, right in the middle of a tour that we were on. And it really hurt at... Um, you know, in the beginning of it, we didn't exactly know what we were going to do because in the middle of the tour, everything shut down. And even some of the, like, we play um, VFWs, we play civic centers, we play clubs, we play churches. Well, and this was a lot of churches that we were playing. And so even the churches closed down. Like, we understood, like, when the clubs closed down and when other things closed down and other venues but when churches started closing down, I was like, man, this is, the, everything's going to close down. And, the, and sure enough, the, right in the middle of the tour, even the next few dates, they called us and said, hey, man, we're going to shut down. And I thought, maybe we can still keep some of the other ones. This will pass. Nope. So we ended up going home. And it was devastating because all of the band members and road crew and everybody depend on this. And then they're able to take off for a couple of months after a three-month tour, right? And then we go back out for three months, and people can be able to save some money, put some money in savings and stuff. But when we came back, it was, uh, it was in the middle of that tour, so money had already been spent and that we used to get our bus ready to go on the tour. We bought new equipment. I, I mean, to every, before every tour, we put at least 5000 into our bus. Our bus is at the shop right now, and the bill is 11000 just to get ready for this tour that we leave for next week. And that's like tires are two grand, and you, you know, on a bus. So, so anyway, we had just. That's put, why I don't own a bus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we, so we had just put 5000 for the bus to have the oil changed, have all the stuff done to it. We bought equipment, and we knew that that money would come back. So that money had already went out. My wife and I, you know, fund, fund it. So, um, but then when we came back, that it was like, okay, we have that money going out and no money coming in. So it was really hard. But at the same time, I have an amazing wife who's just so, she's my rock. She's amazing. And so, uh, but we, we trust God. Like, we really believe in this God stuff. And I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just keeping it real. I was a drug addict with no hope in my life, man. In and out of jails and institutions. I, I didn't I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in any of that stuff. So when I talk about God now, I'm not doing it to preach it nobody. You're gonna, you know, take what you're gonna take from what I say, but I, I'm not here to preach at you. I'm here to tell you what my story is and, and how it is I live my life and, and I, I really believe in this God. Like he's got me. But in the pan- pandemic when I was home, I trusted him, but there got to a point where I was hearing so many sad stories of like suicides and if after you know, a month and a half, two months, three months in, 
it was getting real bad. And a lot of the kids that listen to our music were telling me, writing me messages, direct messages or messenger saying how they're, they want to take their life. Or, and then we started getting messages from parents on their kid's account mm. saying, we had a, a few of those that said, hey, my son or my daughter was one of your biggest fans and they lost their battle to depression or uh, can we play your song at their funeral? And it, it, I started wow. getting real bummed, man. I, I was losing it, man. I started getting real depressed. It hurt in the, in the middle of that. And, um, well, you, you came, I, I noticed, I guess you came, tell us how you came out of that. Cause I noticed in the last couple of years you kept touring. Yeah. But I also noticed, like on when I when I see you post stuff on Facebook, um, you're doing free concerts. Mm-hmm. So tell me how tell me how a, a a band is touring and spending thousands a month on gas for a bus, but doing free shows. Yeah, people think that they're like, what's the catch? You know, <laughs> and like Joe, man, he's. I wonder what he's doing. What's the angle? What's he doing? Yeah, there, there isn't actually. A, an angle at all I was I told you I was starting to get depressed I'd see what was happening out there and I couldn't do anything about it to help anybody here I am stuck in my home and so I started feeling it and and then our money was running out too if we're going to be honest about it I was looking at my bank account going man my savings is starting to it's not looking good yeah you're not earning if you're not no and like I said we already put out several thousand before that so I told my wife as I was sitting there on the couch on a Sunday, I told her, I just, I'm feeling depressed and I got to do something to break out of this. And I said, I'm just going to get online and I'm going to go live on Seventh Day Slumber's account and I'm going to give money away. And I'm just like that. And she said, oh, okay. <laughs> and she looked at me like I was crazy, but she was like, okay. If She just said, okay. Um, whatever that means and so i showed her what it meant i got on on live and i said hey if and there was a bunch of people watching and i said listen i want you to i'm gonna give some money away but i want you to be respectful of people that actually really need this if you don't need this money don't ask me for it right now but if you're watching me right now and you and you need something a few hundred bucks or fifty dollars or whatever it is then write put Put your cash app or your Venmo or whatever, PayPal, and I'll send it right now. Or my wife will. My wife's sitting there on the couch and right next to my studio. And, and then the first one comes in, and it's like 50 bucks or whatever. So that happens a couple times. And people are watching, and they see that it's real. Like, this, is, this dude's really giving away money. And then the number goes way up. Like, people will start watching. But, but nobody, because I repeated it a couple times. Remember, guys, for those of you just joining, if you need something, put it down here. And I'll do it. But if you don't need it, man, please be respectful. There are people that don't have anything that need help. And, and so it was, I was amazed at how many people were so respectful and didn't ask for anything, just kept cheering it on like awesome. So we gave, hooked up a dad who didn't have groceries, single father, hooked up a single mom who didn't have a phone bill. Like, and and it, it was like I was willing to give away like 1000 or whatever, but um, it ended up like 500 and then I just ended up talking to people and no one asked me for money after that it's it's the craziest thing right and so then I get off of that and um, and during that time I felt like like God wanted me to go for free like I just felt him say 
you need to go and not charge. Like, how do you do that, right? For concerts? But, yeah, to go on tour and not charge. And and I and I couldn't I I didn't didn't I couldn't deny it. I just heard him. So I told my wife, I feel like God wants us to go. Well, in that conversation I was having with her, five thousand dollars was in our account. And it came it, wow. it was crazy. It was a it was a grant from the government, like five thousand dollars. Like we ain't got no money. We didn't get no money from the government. We didn't even apply. She applied for like one thing and it was this grant that is you don't get. And she got it and it was a it was forgiven. It was a forgiven grant or whatever. But anyway, um but in that moment I told her we need to go. Um and I need need to talk to the band members. And she said, Well call them, I'm ready to go. If you really feel like God said we need to go then let's go and we'll just take up a love offering at the end of the night. And I said, let's do it. And uh, we had one stipulation is that the churches couldn't charge. If we're doing it for free for you, then you can't charge anybody and make it free to people because we want to help those hurting people. We don't care how big the church is, how small it is. We're going to go to a little country town. We're going to go to the big metropolitan cities. So I asked the band members. I couldn't even get it out. And they jumped on it. They said, let's go. We're with you. We need to do something. All of them said, we'll put our money where our mouth is. And we started touring. And some days you'd have $250 in the offering. And some days you'd have five, 6000 in there. And it just, and it wouldn't be from the majority of people. There'd just be like one guy or one girl or one lady who's like, yeah, let me, let me, I feel, I felt led to give you guys like, I see what you're doing or I follow you on Facebook. Yeah. And and here is $4,000. So you did a whole, how many shows? Um, Almost 200 per year for the past three years. So since it started, we went out on tour um, and we still are doing free shows. Well, this Death by Admiration tour is not a free tour. That one's our release of our album and there's like four major national acts on that. So we, that's a paying tour, but all of the other shows like right after that, we go on the recovery tour, Pacific Northwest. That's a free tour. And um, now we do have uh, now sponsors that will pay for our fuel. So they just we just won't have money now like to uh, pay for band members or road crew. But they all come out on the road and then they split the love offering, whatever comes in. And they're happy with that. And it's been crazy how not one of them has missed any of their bills. They haven't. Wow. It's for three years. And it, what it does is it allows us to, as well to go places that we wouldn't have ever been able to go to because they don't have five grand to pay us to come on to, to come to the show. Like Seventh Day Summer was making, you know, four to five thousand a night to go to go play on tour. And um, and so the, a lot of the places would be like, we don't have it. So we would always set aside a few shows or a tour that we would go and do it for like two grand for places that couldn't afford i've always made sure to give back right and, and and i think that's why we've been here this long done this for over 20 years is because of always giving back but um but this really just opened the door because now they're like really like we can really have seven day slumber here for and we don't have we don't have to have money up front and we're like no you just just need to not charge anybody because that's not cool if we do it for free and and that really did happen one time and we had to tell them look no you can't we're doing this for free for you, man. You can't charge $10 or $15 at the door. So, yeah, so we've been doing this for three years, almost 200 dates a year. And 
we've been able to take care of our families and that's incredible yeah what man. have you learned from that I'm, after god told you that i learned that i stressed out a whole lot about a whole lot of stuff for a whole lot of years over something that god had covered for me all the time all along i learned that that i that i spent i wasted a lot of time uh, that's that's on a negative note but it's also on a positive note because i learned that even through those times where I was stressed out about this or stressed out, if I really, like God really called me to be here and I really know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I, sh I should be trusting him. I'm telling everybody else, you need to trust God, man. Like, you ever seen those bumper stickers? Like, of course you have let go and let God. Those people don't really believe that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not here to pass judgment. I'm just saying I'm also one of those guys that was like, I believed it, but I didn't really... When money's coming in, it's easy to, to trust God. Uh -huh. Like, yeah, man, I mean, I'm touring. We trust the Lord out there. Yeah, you're making five grand a night. You, it's easy to trust the Lord when you're making five grand a night. Go out and make, and, and make nothing and pass a bucket around and, and see what happens. And so, um, but I felt a peace about it. When, when God told me to go, I, I felt him say it. I didn't hear him in an audible voice, but I felt him say it. And I had a peace about it. I didn't even worry about where the money was going to come from. I didn't, none of that. It was crazy. But I realized that I can really trust this God that I say I believe in. And, and it made me stronger and bolder in the way that I speak about him mm. to other people. It's like, if you, if you really believe in something, man, it'll come across to other people. Like they'll, they, they may not believe like you believe, but they'll go, man, there's something to this and I need to really think about it. You know, planting seeds. But, but for me, it changed my whole tone about this. I, I didn't say something to somebody about God and feel like, ah, I hope it works for him. You know, like me, after seeing this and seeing so much in my life, it just gave me more of a, I already had a boldness because he delivered me from a $400 a day cocaine addiction. And I saw that it was God who did that, right? I had an encounter with him in the back of an ambulance, you know, after a suicide attempt. So well, I know that he's real, but, but you get to a place where you get to Spring Hill and you actually get, uh, you become a homeowner and you get your little money under your belt. You're driving a nice little car. You start to kind of get a little lax. And I felt like I was getting a little lax. So I, I needed this. But it, it changed, it changed my confidence about, about even telling someone like, hey, God can really do it for you. He did it for me. And yeah. just having that faith, because I just saw him do it. We also saw about 2,000 people on that tour that, I mean, a lot more than 2,000 people that we played to, but 2,000 people that um, over those shows that would come up to the front and say, man, I need to quit drinking or I need to go back to my family or I need to quit using drugs or I, you know, I'm a drug addict and I, I, I heard your story tonight and it really touched me. And we were able to help a lot of people that are now today, you know, three years early in the pandemic, three years ago, uh, that are still today clean, doing good, mm. being there for their wife, their kids, being there for their husband, their kids. It's mainly ladies who mess up, you know, not guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it is crazy, though, like to see so many people, teenagers that came up to the front saying, man, or came to our table, dude, I, I need you to pray with me. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm at my, I, I don't want to live anymore. 
and we were able to pray with them and now still have a great relationship with them, talking to them on Messenger and Facebook and whatever, Instagram and all those. That's incredible. Um, you didn't always believe in God. No. Um, you, you, you've kind of brushed a little bit about what, what your story is, but let's go into detail. Yeah, well, my, um, my, da- uh, my mem- memories of my dad were, I don't really have any memories at five or six years old, but I remember being three and a half years old, something like that, almost four, and seeing my dad on top of my mom beating on her. And I, I can't even, it's hard for me to understand how I still remember that. And it's so clear in my mind, even in my 40s, you know. But, because I don't remember anything fun at five or six years old, but I remember that. It's engraved in my mind. And that, that caused, that, that was a lot of anxiety and a lot of growing up, just a lot of depression. And I didn't, wasn't raised in a Christian household. My mom, like, she believed that there's a God. But she didn't, we weren't like reading the Bible or going to church or nothing like that. She just believed in God like you shouldn't steal or, you know, kill people kind of thing. And so for me, I didn't believe in God at all. I, well, I, I always used to say I was an atheist until I got older. And then I was like, I don't believe in atheists. I, I wasn't an atheist. I was agnostic. Like, I just didn't know yeah. if there was a God or not. Because, you know, it. it I, I, for many years, I said I was an atheist. And, and then I was like, actually, I just didn't know if there was a God or not. And if there was, I didn't want anything to do with him. What kind of God lets you grow up without a dad, man? Like, what kind of God allows those kinds of things? And so that's what I wrestled with. So I was an atheist who hated God. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to think of it that way, but that that's it. Like, I hated a God I didn't really know existed. And then you start thinking about what an atheist really is, and you go, oh, dude, I wasn't an atheist. And most of the people that I talk to, even now and over the years that say I was an atheist, when I get down and it's just, I'm just me and them, like, talking and nobody's around, and they're like, well, if there is a God, I still don't want anything to do with it. And I'm like, so, exactly. You're not an atheist. But you're agnostic, you know. Now, maybe there is an atheist out there, but I'm just telling you. That's how I felt. I, I, I just didn't know if there was a God or not. So my mom, when I was 18, she ended up having an encounter with God. Like She gave her life to Jesus. I was locked up, and she, I was in trouble with the law since I was a kid, a little, little kid. But, um, but here I am, a big boy jail, and um, it's different. you know. And she's scared, hurting and knows that I'm not going to live if I just keep going down this road. So she finally went to church, this lady, in, uh, at the place, uh, we call it the crazy church by the airport where they raise their hands during praise and worship. And, <laughs> and so, so she, uh, but she got saved. And then she would tell me, like, God has a plan for you. He loves you. She'd come visit me when I was locked up, tell me that God loves me and things like that. It was hard for me to understand because Let's just say there was a God and that I didn't hate him. What would he want with a worthless drug addict like me? And, but my mom would always tell me that God doesn't see that when he looks at me. You know, I would say I see that in the mirror when I look in the mirror. I see something I hate, something that everybody probably hates. That's how I felt. But my mom would say, you know, God doesn't see the same thing. He sees his son who he loves and the apple of his eye. And so... 
Yeah, it, it, she's the one that planted that seed like we were talking about. It's another reason why it was so important for me to get out like to during the pandemic to get out and speak to these hurting people that are that are going through it. They need to know there really is a God who loves them, man. And and if I believe in this God like I say I do, then I can't be worried about money. I mean, you're sure, yeah, it takes money to put fuel in and especially now, like <laughs> the Jeez. amount of fuel that it takes, but I mean amount of money it takes, but I really believe in him like that. And it was time to put my money where my mouth is. And so my mom was the one that instilled that in me. She was the one going to the worst neighborhoods with gunfire and people getting murdered there the night before and banging on the door saying, where's my son? Mm. Where's my son? She just prayed before she'd go. And she'd just go and try to find me. And uh, pulling me out of dope houses. And, I mean, you'd hear gunfire going off. She's not, she's pulling me out. And um, I don't advise, you know, people going to where there's gunfire at, but my mom just wanted her son back. And she just knew that there was really this God who she prayed to that could, that could heal my broken heart. Mm. She didn't even pray for me to be delivered from, like, an addiction. She prayed for God to heal my broken heart. She knew there was something deeper. The drugs were just a, a symptom. Uh, that addiction was just a symptom of something deeper. Right. So, yeah. Um, then I had my own encounter. I made a decision to take my life. Um, and my mom walked in unexpectedly. I was staying with her. I ended up homeless on the streets of Austin, Texas, living literally in an alleyway on the streets. And uh, my mom found me and brought me home back there to Victoria, Texas, but I never felt right. And so finally I made a decision to take my life. And she uh, walked in as I had overdosed and um, called the paramedics. And she was screaming, crying, all that stuff. And I was holding my chest and I was coming in and out. And I just remember her praying and like screaming. And um, the paramedics got there and in the back of an ambulance with them like putting all this stuff on me, tubes and wires and stuff, I felt the hand of God, like just clear as you, it, it was as clear as you could possibly be that God was with me in the back of that ambulance. And I don't exactly remember anything I prayed or any of that stuff, but it was my, I couldn't even talk, but my soul cried out to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was Jesus by name. Like, we talk about God as we don't want to get controversial. God can be anything. He can be a light bulb or a doorknob or whatever. And I, I know I'm probably take heat for saying that. I don't care. I'm, I'm too old to care now at this point. Right. But, but, <laughs> but at, I'm just going to say what, what I feel. And people can disagree with it or agree with it. But he wasn't a big man upstairs or the big pie in the sky or what I'm talking about Jesus Jesus Christ in the back of that ambulance and I gave my heart to him and I woke up in an intensive care unit and that began my journey yeah crazy story journey to being clean and yeah it took me two years it took me two years to get completely clean off of dope so anybody that's listening right now you don't know who's listening Anybody that's listening, maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe it's 
drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's an addiction to porn. Maybe it's some, something that's got a hold of your life and you know that it's killing you, killing you inside, maybe killing you physically. Um, and maybe you've quit and then you fall back. It took me a couple of years to get completely clean off of dope. The, the key is don't give up. Just don't give up. You got to keep getting up, man. Just do the next right thing. I would be clean for like 30 days, then I'd mess up. But I knew that there was more for me. That I don't, this isn't me. It's what I've done, but it's not who I am. Yeah. And you've got to keep putting one foot in front of the, the other. And so that's, that's what happened. So two years later, you know, I, I was finally free from that. You know, some people get healed in a day. That wasn't me. Um, started the band. I'd already been playing since I was 12. So this time, you know, I'm writing songs about God and my encounter with him. And that's how the band started. So, yeah. Very cool. And here we are. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all those. I mean, that's an intimate story. That's a raw story. Well, thank you all for, you know, let, letting me share it. I, I know that people need to hear it. Uh, and, and I don't necessarily mean my story. I mean, everybody has a story. Well, I'm not the only one that's been through this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. But, but a lot of people don't share it because they're afraid that maybe it'll mess up their status in the church, <laughs> which right? is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, this is where you need to be letting people know that what God has done for you. Or maybe you'll feel like somebody will see you differently at your job or whatever. And I... I get that, but I promise you, you never know how many people have actually are actually going through what you were what you were going through and need to hear that you came out of that. Yeah, we're all trying to look pretty, you know. We're all trying to put our best foot forward, and and when we're all doing that, nobody sees the pain. And if they can't see the pain you went through, they can't. They don't know what you overcame. So that's why exactly. I think it's important to share that for anybody. Share your story. You've got a new album out. Yeah. It's called Death by Admiration. And I had someone on Facebook go, well, I thought y'all was a Christian band. I, I just made that accent like it surely had to be somebody <laughs> talking like that. I'm from the South, so I can do this, all right. Uh, I was like, I thought y'all was a Christian band. You out here talking about glorifying, admiring death. You know, it's like, uh, that's not what that means. No, it's, it's not. Death by Admiration is not at all what that is not at all admiring death. But it actually has a couple, like a, a dual meaning. It's not, it's not so much like believe in your own press and then, and then that killing you. It, for me, Death by Admiration, and the reason I called, came up with that title is because 10 years into like being in this band, being a Christian, like people knew me. Uh, uh, you weren't called influencers back there, but a public figure. And I ended up... Um, like drinking again and I and I became an alcoholic and and my wife supported me through all of that and everything but I here I am playing concerts every night looked up to by all these people that I loved very much even though I didn't know them I loved them and um but I was hurting I was going through some stuff in my life that caused me to grab a bottle and 
And so it didn't start out that way. It started, oh, well, I can have a couple drinks, man. I'm a grown man. Now I'm a homeowner. I got, you know, whatever. God's not going to, I'm not going to go to hell for having a drink, you know, all that stuff. But, and it was, it wasn't a problem until it was. And, um, and so my wife would pray for me. Um, but I had all excuse. I don't drink on stage. I don't drink before concerts. It's only on my days off. But anyway, um, long story short, in, in the back of the bus after concerts, I'd go and just drink my pain away. And, um, and so, but I never wanted, and I, and I knew I needed help at that point. It got to that point, but I didn't want to let people down. And, and that's what death by admiration is. There were people that admired me that really looked up to me and, and I wasn't trying to live a double life. I was just struggling with an addiction that I needed to quit and I didn't know how, but I didn't want to reach out for help because then these people that looked up to me so much and were holding that, that they were doing so good in their life now because of my story now they're going to find out i'm an alcoholic now and i didn't want to hurt them and that's what and it, but by holding it in it was killing me that's yeah. what death by admiration means and this the record is it debuted on billboard uh top 200 at 68 or something like that and um it's doing well um we're really excited about it but more importantly than all of that it's you know um, I don't don't get me wrong. That was really cool, and I and I like that. And it's yeah, I'm going to post about it for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. But but the most important part of that is that people are saying, dude, this song or that song or this song has changed my life. It's it's helping me. Like I I want to know this God you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm I'm super stoked about about how well it's doing and how many people it's helping. So if people are people are more interested in, in Joe Rojas now after listening to this, uh, where do they where do they find out about Seventh Day Slumber and about you? Seventhdayslumber.com and it's just spelt out S E V N T H Seventhdayslumber.com and you know or you can find us on Instagram same thing uh, Facebook. It's really me who answers those messages. Trust me, you'll probably follow me and then unfollow me like in about. 30 minutes uh no i uh it's we're on there and so if you're struggling if you're hurting if you just want cool music too like just come hang out with us send us a message or go check out sevendayslumber.com all our info's up there and we would love to love to see you at one of the shows joseph rojas so good to see you finally meet you in person and thank you for being here thank you for having me man great story yeah feel like we've been through a lot together (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> tornadoes yeah tornadoes cows flying through the window and we we're all alive we made it if you like the show be sure to subscribe and get new episodes right when they drop for steve price i'm craig midget buckle up and drive safe out there you've been listening to price's highway a steve price totally terrible production <laughs>